Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. May it run it over with good things. Yes. Your face. Hold on. As they say, let me get a full frontal. (laughs) (laughs) Might regret that. Oh, boy. Okay. And now the next one. Oh, it's hard to see the title with the lights, isn't it? Yeah, with the lights. That's good. I want to see your face in the book. All right. Five steps to end financial foolishness. All right. How unhealthy relationships impact wealth. Okay, because see, I can't see that part down there. All right. Beautiful. Ugh. Yeah, it's hard to get it just right. That's all right. You got it just right inside the pages. Welcome to On the End with April Mahoney Brains, the location, the spot, the place where the conversation is pointed and the guests are sharp. The responses are never dull. And today we got Kimberly L. Wilson. Yes, indeed. Uh, She's an ex-Marine. Does she look like a Marine to you guys? No, but I bet she could take your butt down. And I got to correct you, just a little, no such thing as an ex-Marine. We are former Marines. Former Marines. Marine, always a Marine. Well, let me stand corrected, okay? Because I'm a Navy wife and I'm a former Navy wife because he's retired. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but love she works it. with women uh, from burnout, you know, to brilliance. She works with business women. And it, what woman is not burnt out? Even if it's the business of running a household. Yes. She's a trainer. She's a speaker. She's an author. She works with people in that mental health space, you know, because all of us is 5150. I don't care what you say. We all got a taste of crazy. And that's not a bad thing, but you got to know how to manage it. Right. You got to know how to recognize it. And you know need to know how to resolve it and get help for it if it's something beyond your control. So we're going to talk exactly. to Kimberly about that and a whole lot more. Welcome to On the Edge, Queen. Oh, and you know what else we're going to talk to her about? I'm going to call her out on her TikTok. Baby, she's a TikTok queen. <laughs> I can't do a TikTok. I just don't have the patience for it. And yours are so engaging, but we're going to talk about that in a little bit more. So tell us how you show up in the world. How I show up in the world, I like to show up authentic and true to myself. And one of the things that I've done, my initial plan, right, for stepping into this year was I was going to be on my social media, just grinding it out. But the actual time came and I realized instead of being in that masculine energy of doing, doing, I needed to step back and reflect. I needed to clean some house. I needed to step out of the light a little bit so that I could grow and shine in different ways. So um, serving women. So I I have been serving my uh, private clients and working toward in April, I'll be coming back out. Um, And that's because I really wanted to be me. I didn't like the the grind that I was on. Right, right. I needed to step back. 
Right. Well, you know, sometimes you got to step back to be able to step to the side, step forward. We don't always have to keep forging ahead. And that is one of the things that causes burnout is that people are on full throttle. They just, you know, they never take time to just kind of settle in to a new experience. So bravo for you for recognizing that and walking in your in your truth. You know what? People use the word authentic. Define your um your definition, give me your definition of authentic because you know what, honey, you see some folks that ain't got their teeth in, they don't have them eyelashes <laughs> on, that wig is off, girl, that's their authentic self and it ain't a cute look. What's your authentic look like? This this is very true. So when I talk about authentic, I mean in terms of my personality. So okay. you get what you get. And as a, as a retired Marine, you know, some, some F-bombs might come out, a little bit of personality, a little bit of sass, sometimes a little bit of class. I am a Detroit native. So all of that comes together and I, I can I can be as polished as you want and I can get down the, with the gutter snipes if I need to. So right. <laughs> right? you never know who you're going to get, but you are going to get me. I'm not trying to be anybody else. Right, right. And, you know, again, it depends on the situation on how you're going to show up, what you got to do. A yes. lot of times black women get a, a lot of flack for that because yes. we give it to you, not a hundred, we give it to you 110, 150. And if you out of line, you might get it 200%. Right, right. <laughs> but it is our authentic self. And sometimes it is um, misconstrued and it can be harsh. Yes. You know, and sometimes we're harder on ourselves um, than others are. What do you say to that woman that is out there, that sister that's out there in the corporate world and that, you know, the red bottom shoes and that cute little pencil skirt, but her um, uh, co-workers is talking about her like a dog because she is, you know, uh, she's complicated. Right, right. And and definitely been there in the, the multi-dynamic layers of that it's you need you need some type of village or support just to survive that environment and if you don't have it in there I would encourage everyone to have some type of mentor that you can talk about to make you just so that you have somewhere to validate some of those feelings and concerns because that environment will have you believing that there's something wrong with you that you don't see the things that you see you don't hear the things you and and that you just not fitting into that environment. You're too angry or too aggressive. And uh, if you don't have someone validating and supporting and nurturing your career, then it can be very toxic. And that's a lot of times why women, I've seen a lot there this shift, especially since the pandemic, to want to figure out their own zone of genius and create a nurturing environment for themselves in a business, whether it's as a side hustle or it's to step out of that corporate environment. But I think a mentor is just so valuable and viable. It is. And so I want to really tap into the diversity, equity, and inclusion in all yeah. of this. Okay. Yeah. So now let's talk to white women. Yeah. You know, you got the sweet little Susan that is meek and sitting there and just goes along to get along and doesn't make any waves. And, you know, the people pleaser, uh, the overachiever, what do you say to her? And I, th I think we all have, have some of that. I, I mean, because we were socialized from the very beginning to be nice little girls. Right. And, <laughs> and, and to nurture and watch out for everybody's thoughts and their feelings. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong to have an, 
to have empathy for others and to be considerate, right? That it's good to be considerate. But once you begin to notice that that people pleasing and and nurturing of others and being quiet begins to take hold of your spirit mm. and you begin to feel sick, you you have a headache, your body will begin to tell you, mm-hmm. right? That something's not right. Like I, I know because immediately it feels like either cats are scratching my stomach or it just begins to constrict. And and then I get a headache and I start losing things. That that's my my early warning system that something isn't right. That if I didn't mm. catch it to identify if you've gone to a toxic place with the people pleasing. Right. Is that, so I want to bridge these, I want to bridge these two together. I want to bridge the sisters along with our, you know, other sisters of color and white women because yes. it seems like women are taking over the planet. But if we do not join forces, okay talking to a retired Marine, if we do not come together as one unified unit, yes, the whole thing goes kaput. Right. right. You know, and so you have to have a strategy. You have to have a mindset. You've got to be open to know that we are one. Yes. Okay, yes. we are one unified front. When you go out into battle, it's not the women over here. It's not the thin ones over here. It's not the blue eye. We are all one. How do we come together to support right. one another? And that that is such a good question. I think a lot of that comes from the, the scarcity that's placed in the masculine and, and the need to dominate and compete rather than to collaborate. Because when we work together, I mean, we create master pieces and supporting one another and asking, where do you need support? How can I help you? How can I assist you? I know one of the things I've personally taken on in any type of role, and I'll do it even to this day, if there's a woman that needs information or help or pointed in the right direction, or if I can share something with someone, I do that. Um, And it's sometimes done for me as well, because sometimes I need that. I think I just had a young lady, uh, you know, as a business owner that calls like, hey, I've been thinking about going into psychology and I'll spend 20, 30 minutes telling them how it's really, how it really is. Yeah. So collaboration and being being willing to support them in the ways that's helpful to them, not how you think they need help. But also education and conversation. Mm-hmm. Ask the question, don't assume Don't, uh, you know, you never know what's going on in somebody's head and their household, their finances, their health. You don't know. So if you are working with someone that you feel is a little combative, girl, I have taken the enemy out to lunch. Oh, yes. (laughs) But when we're in a different environment, the whole dynamic changes because it's no more competition. And then when we go back to work, it's a great place. Right. You know, and, and so, when people figure out where you're coming from and right. and and who you are beneath that veneer of of competition and you're going to take my job and you're going to take this or whatever or outshine me and they find out your humanity. Right. It, it just changes so much. It does. I did that with my daughter, girl. She was having problems with her teacher. <laughs> oh, the math teacher hated her. Yes, honey. She because she wasn't doing the math work. That's what it was. Mm. I invited him to dinner. She opened the door and saw that joker standing to dinner. I thought she'd seen a ghost. Uh, what are you doing here? 
Sat here, girl, have smothered pork chops, rice, gravy, greens, yams, and cornbread. The child got an A in the class. <laughs> she got, I don't know if it was my cooking. Or, or you made me was, hungry now. <laughs> or it was, but or if it was really an authentic connection. But I know that there was a good morning. I know that her books were open. I know that there was a vested interest uh, that he showed in her because he saw that his, her parents really cared. So again, reach out. You know, sometimes you got to do the you know extraordinary to just get an ordinary response. Yes, Let's talk about mental health. Yes. Girl, mental health is scary. Okay, it's scary, and I, I I'm gonna tell everybody it's scary. I love to help the overlooked and underserved out there on the streets, but sometimes you see them with them 15 other people that's living inside of their head or they're very docile, you don't know where they're coming from, they're in a lot of pain, you know, approaching people. You see the police now, they are here in San Diego, they're working very diligently to create perk teams to Ooh. go out when there are mental illness challenges. Right. Before you call a peace officer and he brings his peace with him and then the peace that's left is the individual on the ground. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. Uh, and we don't want to judge, but it's not something that you can see very clearly. It's not a blemish. It's not a scar. It's not cancer. It's not, uh, you know, congenital heart failure. It's not lack of oxygen. It's in your brain. What do we do, Kimberly, to just, you know, number one, come to grips with it and be honest that there is something going on. And number two, how do we address it in the gentlest way um, that allows people respect and dignity, but protects us from, you know, the unknown? Right. Woo. That, now that's a big one. And, that's a and big it, question. Yes. And it, and it's a it's a multi-systemic issue. And, and the one of the first issues is that we have the least trained, we, we we're bringing uh guns to a, a conversation fight, <laughs> right? We, we, we can't have a dialogue when there's an inequitable relationship. So having those mental health people on call to be able to serve and, and to educate, even just the basic conversations in school, in community centers, just making it the norm and available mm. okay. would help dramatically in, right. in many communities. And I found this across the spectrum of, of cultures and ethnicities, mental health, it's more accepted now, but it's still, it's still taboo. It's still oh, yeah. action. And, and just some basic knowledge about conversation. We don't even know how to talk to one another, even when there's not mental health issues just teasing, cheating some conflict resolution or how to communicate. We're so busy texting and I hate to just reduce it to technology. Um, but just as we talked about in the, in the workplace, having some education, some conversations and some support for those police officers, we ask them to do something they're not trained to do. <laughs> they we ask them to do things that they are not trained to do. And that's completely unacceptable. And we wonder why the outcomes are as they are. Well, you know, I tell people all the time, when you when you call the peace officer, it's not for milk and cookies. <laughs> no, no. You're causing you're them to help them. you. 
resolve a conflict. There is something that's going on that's beyond your control that you need a, a, an equalizer, somebody to come in and neutralize the situation. Um, and when police officers come, or even military personnel, not all of them, but they have seen death, destruction, lies, manipulations, murder, dead bodies. That's what they're trained to do. Right. Brains all day long. I am an advocate for only having 10 years in the field as a police officer and then transition out, go work in the office, go do some community service, mm-hmm. get some normalization back into your life, pace yourself because mm-hmm. everybody's a suspect. Mm-hmm. Everybody's yeah. a suspect. And that's ingraining you. That's not, um, you know, that's not to say that they're bad police officers when all this stuff was going on with George Floyd and they talk about defund the police. No, no, no. They have a very specialized role. We need that. Right, but bring in other individuals, other groups that can support them because they have challenges as well. You know, we don't know if there's alcohol. We don't know if there's domestic violence in the home. We don't know what their kids are, their health. It's a whole plethora of things that can go on that can turn you from a flicker to a flame. Yes, absolutely. But yes, I I really love the rotating idea of them getting experience in so many various areas and getting some relief and some breaks. Because my family, my father's actually was the chief of arson for the city of Detroit. And I don't know if you know anything about the city of Detroit, but it's famous for for arson and fires and things like that. So he's seen a lot of bodies, a lot of death, and they also have police uh, powers. And my sister is a Detroit police officer. So Mm. I I definitely am an advocate for the police and civil service, Um, but they they need support. Right, right. So let's talk about some fun stuff. You and the tickety talk. Now, I noticed that you have a unique approach. Everybody's very creative with with TikTok, but I noticed that you use a lot of words. And I like that because it engages your psyche. Instead of being talked to, you're more interactive. Oh, okay, I've got to read this. I've got to respond. I've got to think. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. What uh, what was the brainchild? What, what, What gave you that idea? Well, I mean, I I use a I use a lot of words, and I I really didn't believe that me dancing or making jokes really showcased and supported to be able to to assist people. That's not going to change your life. Me learning the latest dance or me dubbing myself. I wanted people to have some transformation. That even if you didn't work with me, that you got you got something to take away from it something to hold on to because sometimes that's all people need is a word right right there's so much ministry and power in words and we don't use them as often so that was that was my goal and that was my or goal. we you know or people use them in a destructive manner because words are very powerful you yes. know they can transform your life you there's i know people that are verbally abused and not physically abused and they're more so damaged because they keep hearing that you know that negative self-talk, that neuro-linguistic programming, they can't change yes. that inside their brain. And that's not good. Yes, uh, let's yes. talk about the books that you've written. You have a journal and a book. Can you yes. share that with me? Yes. And they were both written 
by my clients. I kept noticing they were struggling with the same issues. Now, this this first one I wrote some time ago is called Five Steps to End Financial Foolishness, How Unhealthy Relationships Impact Well. I saw so many women who were the workhorses, the breadwinners, the achievers for their families. They're going to help out cousin Pookie and sisters, this sister and that mm -hmm. sister, that they didn't know how to say no. And to look at this, that this is not a healthy dynamic. And and I found myself, I kept saying the same things over and over again. I said, you know what? I need to write this down so that they can have it and get it because there's more than just my clients. And um, the other one is unlocking me, the key to my authentic self. And what I love about this book, let me see if I can find one of these pages, is it, it's multi-systemic, meaning that it asks questions about the self friends and family, if you uh, what's going on in your community as a business mm -hmm. owner. And it also has, let's see if I can show this. This means that it might be a triggering thing. Oh, okay. So choose wisely if you want to respond. Uh, and one of the questions uh, that I ask in here is when did you first learn that you needed to take everybody else's shit? Mm, mm, mm. Uh, and who I taught I didn't you that? anyone. No, girl, please. <laughs> and if you did, we got Pampers. <laughs> I love that. Uh, but, you know, really, I am a strong proponent on uh, teaching people how to treat me. I got a course. Mm -hmm. I'm flexible, but on some things I'm unyielding. So how do we handle this thing called conflict resolution? Right. Well, and we to handle conflict resolution, you've got to have a commitment to you. You have two ears. They are more than your one mouth to be able to hear and understand the other person's position, have some empathy. So with the people that are in my life, we each get to share what our what our challenge challenges are in the relationship. But that isn't an opportunity to then and but them. It's an opportunity to re reflect our understanding of what they just said. Mm -hmm. And then after we get clarity and at least state that, then the other person still has an opportunity to either deepen our understanding of that or correct what our understanding is. Oh, that's and, and, and I love that so much better. And then now there are pauses in between each opportunity. So you just, if if it's too heated, sometimes you need to take it, reflect, step back, come back to it, and then get to the, well, let me share what I was trying to do, what I intended to do. Right, um, right. And, and apologizing. I think if we can just get to, to that sometimes, because I don't believe that most people intend to hurt or offend. Right. Uh, I believe that we all we are all carrying these wounds. We come with the best intention. We may feel like we are being attacked and we need to defend ourselves. And right. sometimes it's just a matter of, oh, I didn't know that's where you were were coming from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I've I've, you know, been a victim of that and mm -hmm. been accused of that. You know, said, wow, you know, you came out with your fangs. <laughs> And I was like, but you know, my thing is, is I've had this conversation with you two, three times before. And like you said, you didn't hear me. It's mm -hmm. a different skill to hear versus to listen. Yes. 
I said, so you you didn't you didn't respond or you didn't react. I said, and now I'm coming out, you know, locked and loaded, and now you think that I, something's wrong with me. But as I have matured and turned mm-hmm. sixty, I said to myself, April, it's how you respond. Oh, girl, yes, I know mother has lived. <laughs> Very good. Is you know, it's how I respond to stuff. Is it really that valuable? Do I really need to get that heated? Mm-hmm. Do I need to stop, pause, take the other person's point of view, perspective, situation into consideration right. before I, you know, ignite and go off? And I have found that I really do that a lot more, you know, even with the neighbor. Girls, hot in fish grease to see all that going on, took the whole corner signs. DJ, I mean, music out there, the whole thing, every weekend. Uh, and so I said, you know what? I'm going to step back. I'm not going to be combative. I'm not going to be the one on TikTok. I'm not going to argue with them. I had a strategy. He let the community council and the city council, and then let the chips fall where they may. Right. Okay. If they agree with it, whatever, then I have to go along with it. If they don't, I'm going to let them do what they're supposed to do. But with that, I had to learn resilience. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to, you know, come back and sit down and shut my cotton pig mouth and not be, you know, the bone of contention. Mm-hmm. And resilience is a hard thing to learn and to adapt. It seems yeah. easy, but it's not always easy. Because right. sometimes the battle is not ours. Mm. Sometimes we have to we can begin something and then hand it over to somebody else who could, who has much more power and authority to change that situation That's right. That's right. than you, than you do, or than we do. So many people come in like conflict is double Dutch. Somebody's saying something and they're, they're just waiting to jump in right. rather than hear what's going on. Right. Right. I get you. I get you 110%. So let's ask you some fun questions. Cause you seem like a fun kind of girl. <laughs> Kimberly Wilson, if you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be and why? An appliance in the kitchen. And uh, so I think I would be the oven because I like to heat, get things heated. Oh, Lord. See, we're polar opposites. I'm going to be the refrigerator because I just want to chill. If you had three wishes, what would they be? Three wishes. Uh, one would be that my grandmother could be here. Um, the other would be that I get to see my grandchildren and be actually be a grandmother. And the other would be that I get to travel with my family. Oh, I know, really basic stuff. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Those are your wishes. Um, what brings you to tears? What brings me the tears is, just thinking about it almost brought me to tears, is the fact that my children have grown and I can't fix things for them anymore. Mm. I I can't, that they have to learn some lessons and I can't help. I know. I have a motto, life will show you better than I can tell you. Mm -hmm. And And everybody's here to learn their own lessons and their own journey. That's good. What's one of your guilty pleasures? What's something you just absolutely cannot live without? I don't want to hear about them grandkids and them kids. Chocolate. 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 I I used to be allergic to chocolate when I was a little girl. I ate my way past that. (laughs) I I kid you not. I would break out. 
Wow. What would you tell a 25-year-old Kimberly L. Wilson? It's not that serious. Hmm. That would tell me it's not that serious. That's huge. That's huge. What planet are you from? Mm. <laughs> okay, I'm from planet F around and find out. <laughs> well, that hasn't been identified yet in the solar system. You're funny. I'm from Jupiter. I am way, way out. I'm way out. Uh, if you could time travel, what period would you land in? Ah, uh, the future. Me too. I would probably 2050. 2050? Oh, no. Mm -hmm. I want to be uh, with Andre 3000. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be way out there. I want to see what's going on. That's too close to knowing what's going on here on Earth. And what do you want your legacy to be? Hmm. I want my legacy to be that I help people find their dreams and that I was kind. Well, that's beautiful. That's very, very authentic. So tell my brains how to get in contact with you. I want them to work with you. I want them to check in with you. Brains, it's not difficult. And I'm reaching out to my military females because what I have found in over 1,800 episodes, 88,000 people in 42 countries, that when I talk to women in the military, there's a gap. Mm -hmm. There's a gap when it comes to how they are treated when it comes to their mental health. Oh, absolutely. Uh, when they're treated, when they're separated from their families, when there is, how they're treated with their comrades, how they're treated after being in combat. Now, mm -hmm. y'all can say what you want to. A soldier is a soldier is a soldier, but a woman is a woman is a woman. And there are different things and we are wired differently. And I don't see the support given to them. And yes, is it preferential treatment? You're damn right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen them treat the dog at the uh, Marine Corps Depot better than I've seen them treat some of their female soldiers. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I'm reaching out to you to reach out to Kimberly if she's not the one to help you, she can definitely direct you to the resources in your area. She cares. She's been there. She's done that. She's got the t-shirt and maybe she got the tattoo. I don't know. I ain't seen her arm. Um, but I know that her heart is there and that she is um, pure and she wants to connect with you. So please um, share that with them, how to get in contact with you. Yes. Uh, the, the best way you can just go to my website, drkimberlywilson.com. And uh, there's a little button that says discovery call right on top. You get just a free 30 minutes to connect with me. Well, it couldn't be any easier than that. Brains, what I want you to do, if I can find my postcard, I done lost a cotton picking postcard. Now, what you think? But what you know what to do, you know how to find me. You know how to like and love and share me all over the world. Go back and listen to other edgy conversations right here at this location on the spot. Okay. At on the Edge with April Mahoney, LinkedIn, Twitter, Google, Facebook. I'm going to talk to Kimberly after this, see how I can get on the TikTok. <laughs>
but I know that I'm right on time every time. So thank you so much for being here, Dr. Kimberly Wilson. I appreciate you, value, love you, and respect you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it and love this conversation. All right. Brains, get your head together. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.